Hello, and thank you for joining the ERJ podcast. My name is Dr. Don Sin. I'm the Deputy Chief Editor of the European Respiratory Journal. Today, I'm joined by Professor Alberto Papi to discuss his latest paper entitled The ERS Short Guidelines for the Use of As-Needed ICS Permoderol in Mild Asthma, which is now published in the October issue of the ERJ. Dr. Papi is currently a Professor of Respiratory Medicine at the University of Ferrara and Director of the Respiratory Unit of the Department of Emergency Medicine at S. Anna University Hospital in Ferrara, Italy. Professor Pappi's principal field of research is airway inflammation in both asthma and COPD. He has published more than 500 peer-reviewed articles. Many thanks for joining us today and for your many years of service to the asthma and COPD community. Very pleased to be here with you to discuss such an important topic. Thank you. Uh, could you give us a high-level summary of your paper and its implications for the average clinician out there in the community? Yeah, in, in simple words, what we did as task force of the ERS was to assess via a grade technology the data available, the evidence available on the use of ICS for motorol in mild asthma which is the asthma in step one and two by GINA grading, which means either receiving only SABA or receiving regular ICS plus SABA as needed, and compare with uh, the use of ICS for motorol as needed only without any maintenance treatment. So what we found in two PICO questions was that it is preferable to use ICS for motorol, and this is what recommended, instead of SABA alone in this mild patient, both for uh, adults and adolescents, and in patient uh, with treatment uh, regular ICS plus SABA, it is uh, preferable to use ICS for motorol as needed rather than regular ICS plus SABA because of the greater reduction in exposure to corticosteroids and the trend in favor of as needed ICS for motorol in terms of reduction of exacerbation in adults while in adolescents. Either treatment are equally recommended. What is meant by mild asthma in the document? Yeah, that, that's a nice question because uh, what we use actually, having to grade uh, based on uh, available evidence, we use the classification that is in GINA, the International GINA document for asthma, and we use step one and two, which is for patients that are receiving uh, either short-acting beta-2 agonist alone or uh, regular low-dose inhaled corticosteroid plus SABA as needed. I have to say that we refer to the classification of 2018. Now the classification has changed, but this was the classification used in clinical trials to assess the efficacy of ICS for motor. So we refer to the closest version of GINA that was accessible when the trial were done. And patients had to be controlled by this treatment uh, when they entered the study. 
There are many different types of long-acting or short-acting bronchodilators, especially beta-2 agonists, such as salmeterol, indicadrol, oladadrol, volantrol, and formoderol. Why did the committee focus on formoderol? Yeah, this is an important question because formoterol as a long-acting beta-2 agonist has a rapid onset of action. So that's why it was chosen in association with an inhaled corticosteroid in this case as a rescue medication because it provides a rapid onset of bronchodilatation very similar to the one provided to short-acting beta-2 agonist. So the association of an inhaled corticosteroid with a rapid-acting bronchodilator in addition to bronchodilatation provides as needed also the inhaled corticosteroid anti-inflammatory treatment. But the reason for formoterol is the rapid onset of action. Okay, this committee did not specify you know, the type of ICS that should be used. There are different types of ICS, as you are aware. Why did the committee not go into the different types or subclasses of ICS? Yeah, in fact, there was no need to go into it because the data available refer only to budesonide formoterol. All the studies have been completed on uh, rescue ICS formoterol as needed were performed with budesonide formoterol. So rather than uh, going specifically onto one single formulation, which is the only one actually available for such a, a, an indication. We went on to the general indication to highlight how important is the ICS component. Because uh, in the implementation that is accompanying the discussion of this recommendation, we say that even when this combination is not available, the preference is always to have the ICS in the rescue medication. So to highlight the concept of the inhaled corticosteroid in the rescue medication, we didn't focus uh, on one single terminology, though it's true, all the evidence comes from budesonide for motorol. Personally, do you think if somebody wanted to use mometazone for motorol combination or some other ICS than budesonide, do you think that's okay? Or should the uh, physician stick with budesonide for motorol? Well, I personally think that the ICS for motorol as it is works as such. So whatever the ICS, having it as a rescue medication is an added value compared to a SABA. In clinical practice, the only combination that in more than 40 countries received the approval based on the evidence for the use as needed is uh, budesonide for motorol. And this is also highlighted in the discussion, which has been done also with the patient and with patient representative, because in some countries, including uh, EU countries actually, this indication is not yet there. So the implementation it's on its way and it needs to be somehow deeper assessed and better developed because uh, European Union is one of the regions where ICS for motorol as needed as not the recommendation. Certainly in Canada, salbutamol inhaler is very inexpensive. It's about $20 per canister, whereas a nudesonide for motorol canister or tuberhaler is about $150. Did the committee consider the cost implications of especially step one patients going on to ICS for moderol? 
Yes, we did. And we had, uh, I have to say, a great support from patient representative and organizations. It's true. Usually the situation is similar to what you just summarized, but it's not everywhere the same. In some countries, for example, the payment is per type of recipe. So it doesn't matter what it's included in the recipe. In other countries, it is a co-participation. So it's difficult to generalize, but we, we were aware and we discussed it. And it is reported that in some countries, especially in low-medium income countries, uh, the issue of payment and co-payment and reimbursement might be a relevant one. Though we couldn't skip to recommend what is most uh, effective, not only, but the issue of use of Saba and overuse of Saba, it is a safety issue, is not only in terms of efficacy that we move on our recommendation, specifically on the PICO question referred to Saba, but it is also, and for an important part of the recommendation related to the safety and the unsafety reports on overuse of Saba, which are avoided by the use of uh, an ICS-containing rescue medication. So it is an issue, but the benefit we thought they were uh, overcoming, and there was a, a general agreement, including patients, that it should be the option preferentially considered. And many patients carry their short-acting beta-2 agonists in their pockets, and when they're out on the job or traveling, they use it. With the advent of ISIS for Moderol, would they still have to rinse their mouth and do all the proper precautions that you would normally do with maintenance ICS therapy? Or can that be avoided? Yeah, there is no report of increased risk having an as needed use. But I personally recommend my patient at the end of the day, not every time they use the rescue. If they have used the rescue medication, these are mild patients, and not every day they use the rescue medication to take care of uh, raising the mouth and, and cleaning it. It's an additional and uh, low price recommendation that I used to do to my patient. But the evidence is that having it just uh, as needed, which means not even every day. Okay, and, and, and so patients still should rinse their mouth yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. hygiene. They should, uh, of course, not after having taken it because it's as needed, so it can happen everywhere. But if they do it uh, afterward, it's still worth doing it. Did the committee consider the use of ICS for moderal in cough variant asthma? So patients may not complain of acute onset of shortness of breath but their main manifestation is cough and they take salbutamol on a PRM basis whenever they have paroxysms of cough. Was that phenotype considered in the recommendations? It was considered within the chapter of asthma altogether. This variant is in fact part of the broad definition of the heterogeneous condition, which is asthma, and none of the evidence available provided a specific trial on this, let's say, phenotype or clinical expression more than phenotype of asthma, but it is included in all study along with the other type of asthma. So it's a variant which is part of the big umbrella of asthma. No specific observation has been taken for this. 
And um, yeah, recommendations cover both adolescents and adults. There could be uh, adult onset asthma versus uh, childhood onset asthma. Do the recommendations differ between the two types? No, they don't. Because based on the evidence available, uh, uh, where it has been analyzed, and uh, it has been uh, in one real life study, by the way, in a pragmatic study, no variable influence the outcome in terms of efficacy of uh, ICS for motorol compared to either SABA or regular ICS plus SABA as needed. So uh, there was really no issue to make differences where it's not done in the trial that have tested it. So as a bottom line, would you say there is no role for PRN salbutamol or any short-acting beta-2 agonist to be used alone in any type of asthma, regardless of the severity? Yeah, I personally think that there is uh, no role for SABA. I think implementation still has to come because ICS for motor is not available everywhere in every country. So we should move what, what is available. Still, I think that ICS should be always in the rescue medications. So as an option, we consider in this task force recommendation in when we consider implementation, if ICS for motor is not available, to have an ICS associated with a SABA if used as rescue medication, rather than leaving a SABA alone to be used for symptom relief. Now, as you know, there is a, a fixed combination of ICS SABA for moderate to severe asthma available. It is in the US only at the moment, which would help uh, having at any stage of the disease uh, an ICS in the rescue medication, irrespective of the maintenance treatment. Otherwise, we'll go specifically on one type of treatment. But the main message is exactly what you said, to have always an ICS associated with the rescue and no SABA alone. Very good. Any last words that you would like our audience to know? Well, my hope is that we made uh, something important for physician to look at what's available in an objective way because the great approach has been used and for patients to have the most effective and safer drug to be used as the rescue medication and for the general community that this might help to an implementation and I'm thinking of my country, my community and the European Union as a consequence uh, to get on with recognizing and having uh, such an important step of treatment available for uh, European patients. Well, thank you on that very positive note. I want to thank Professor Pappy for joining us today. Professor Pappy's paper, the ERS Short Guidelines for the Use of As-Needed ICS for Modeling in Mild Asthma, is now available on the ERJ website. Thank you.